miscommunication, lack of appreciation, fighting with people that we love. When this stuff happens, you don't just walk away from it. Everybody knows that. When you walk away with it, the burden, the problem, the headache, the frustration, the questions, they're not feelings you can just turn off and on because God made us to be connected to people. That's how he did. It's we're not meant to walk away with anger, strife, division. We're emotionally connected. And relationships can be really, really complicated a lot. You lose sleep, you face depression, you feel sick. You go to work, you can't focus. You get in the car, you can't focus. You go to bed, you can't sleep. You're thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about every, every aspect. I'm talking about when your kids will stop talking to you because you get into a fight, you get into an argument, disagreement. I'm not just talking about when they're five. Talking about when they're older and out of the house and have their own careers and you're not connecting anymore. I'm talking about best friends that you grew up with and you talk and you share life with, but then all of a sudden there's this division and, and, and a fallout or whatever. It's usually over something stupid and then they're not answering your calls. They're not responding to your texts and you, it does something to you. Or marriages that end up throwing out the divorce word or the we should separate or this isn't working or... I know you'll never change. It's, it's relationships as a whole. And I know a lot of times when we're talking about relationships, we, we go straight to marriage, 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 marriage. And I, and I know that is a, a relationship, and it's something in the Bible, and it's important, and it's a big part of it. But there's a lot that the Bible talks about friendships. The Bible talks about all sorts of relationships. I, I say this a lot. I've talked about because, but I know that I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the friendships that we had. And, um, I was trying to post pictures yesterday, and I was going through old pictures. And I came across one as I, as I was going through old pictures of me and my best friends. We were going on a trip, and we took this stupid picture. I'm not even sure what happened when, when this happened. And it was just a big group of us, and we were all like in front of this gas station, and somebody threw something at us or whatever, and somebody snapped a picture. It was before the days that you could delete and swipe. You just got what you got, Okay. And the cameras, and, and, and we took that. That was like 26, 27 years ago that we took that picture. My dad passed away two years ago, and this next picture is the same group of guys. Um, this, this is the same group of guys. It's just 27 years later. And it's just God kept us together through all this, but I also know that when every one of those guys got married or they had a change in their life and all the different things that we've gone through, we were there for each other. So, well, that was a nice coincidence. No, that was God's ordained plan. God created friendships on purpose. God can create a connection with people. Same thing with family. Family can be great. And family can be not so great. Can I get an amen right there? You guys know I'm speaking the truth. Unlike friendships, you can choose, you can't choose your family. I mean, you can choose who you're going to marry, but you can't choose the in-laws. Sometimes you just get some weird ones. And I'm telling you, you're just like, I love them, but does this come as a package? It's like you just get the whole family with that. It's just, it's, it, it can be weird and frustrating. And I'm telling you guys, every family has that one weird odd person, okay? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It can be a normal family, and then there's the one weird one in there. There's the one odd, and you say, my family doesn't have that one. It's you, okay? <laughs> You're like, my family does. Yeah, it's you. I hate to tell you that. Every family has it. 
And then there's marriage, marriage relationships. And the amazing thing about that is how many times I stand on this stage and do weddings and go places and the ceremonies and all that. And they're so in love and they're like, oh, I love you. And did that do his part and I'll never. And then they end up like, I hate your guts. And, you know, just how do you go, how do you go from I'm in love with you and I'll die for you to I can't stand your face. It's, it's just marriage, relationships, parenting, family. It's, it's, it's complicated. Why? In, in two weeks, we're going to do a, a relationship refresh. Um, or Yeah, I think it's two weeks. Uh, we're doing it on a Saturday. That's going to gear towards uh, marriage and dating and things like that. We're going to cover topics about communication, resolving conflict, and appreciation. It's going to be fun. And I want you to come to that. And, and it's free. And it's for the community. And it's for everybody. I want you to plan on being here. I'm not talking about that right now, okay? I, I, and, and marriage is great, but I'm, I'm talking about relationships as a whole. I'm, I'm talking about the people that you're sitting with, the people that you drove here with, the people that you're going to call afterwards, the people that you're going to be at family reunions with. I'm talking about just relationships in general. But the question is, why, why does it fall apart? Why do they get so rough? Why, why, why is it? And I thought of this statement and the, the, the label of this. It's like, I love you but you drive me crazy. I, I know we think that or say that with our spouses. I love you, but you drive me crazy. We say that with our kids. I love you, but you drive me crazy. We've done that with in-laws and, and mother-in-laws and father-in-laws. It's like, I love you, but man alive, why does it have to be so complicated? See, I, I want to explain the background to this today and explain why it's so complicated. I'll take you back to the beginning. So I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. And I want you to look at Genesis chapter 2 from the basis of relationships, not just Adam and Eve. They were designed by God. They were intentional by God. Relationships were meaningful and purposeful. God created everything in six days. And on the sixth day, God created relationships. He didn't just create husband and wife. He didn't just create people, but he created relationships. So I want to explain this because a lot of times we, we don't understand what's going on, the mechanics of this, of what God's putting together it all started with Adam. God was teaching us. It's not a matter that Adam was more important than Eve. It was a matter of God was teaching us. Actually, he was going to say this, this vital verse that we're about to read in verse 18 and explain. But after God created him, God leaves Adam by himself and God steps back and he says, Hey, in 2021, Fellowship Baptist Church is going to get together and they're going to preach a message. And I want them to understand why Adam was created by himself at the beginning to make this one statement. And God said, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. He created one guy. He stands back. And it's not that God didn't know what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? It's all like, I was like, oh, that's right. I was going to add to this. God, God, didn't have, God didn't forget what he was doing. He didn't lose train of thought in the midst of it. Eve was not an afterthought. God was doing this to emphasize something. It is not good that man should be alone. And I know a lot of times we emphasize that with marriage. Can I tell you guys that there's more to this verse than marriage? Because God did not command marriage. He didn't command marriage. Paul was one, the one that wrote most of the New Testament. He, was never, he wasn't married. And a lot of times we get so caught up in this and the idea that God said it's not good that man should be alone. And we push people into marriage. Sometimes we push them into marriage when it's not a good thing. 
Sometimes it's, it's okay to be single, and it's not that they're wrong or broken. And, and a lot of times we even use phrases like, well, I need to fix you up. Why? Because they're broken? So that, that can be a wrong terminology to, to, to use with that. There's people that are single, maybe that God has them, and maybe they're praying for that. But we need to not look at that as they're incomplete just because they're single, because God gave us lots of illustrations of that. Another message from another time. But God was emphasizing, I, I want to lay this out, and I'm going to explain why relationships are complicated, but I'm going to start off teaching without explaining the complication part first, okay? So first, I just want to look at God's intentional creation of relationships, why he did it. Because everything that God did was good, and it was on purpose. It all started with Adam. Adam had God. Adam had creation. God, Adam had a lot of good stuff in his life. But God still said it's not good that man should be alone. But have you ever stopped to ask the question, who is God talking to? Think about it. Look back, verse 26, chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us, plural, more than one, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, I know for if you've had any time in history in church, the us that he's talking about is talking about the Trinity of God. And this is so cool. A lot of times we don't, we, don't, we don't pull that into this or kind of combine this. But when God was talking about it at the very beginning, he was talking about relationships. He said, let's base it on us. What was the us? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit of God. There, there was the, the, the very image of God, the very teaching of God, the very thing that he said after our likeness. So if you're to take relationships over here, you're to take husbands and wives and family and kids and churches and friendship and all that other stuff. It was based off of the likeness of this. What was this? Do you realize that God's the very nature of God, the very essence of God was created out of unity, community, fellowship, more than one, a collection. That, that, and I know our minds are like just blown when we start thinking about to help try to understand the Trinity. And it, I was like, I can't explain the Trinity. It's so much. But God was teaching us that there's different aspects of God. There are three in one, but there's different aspects of that. And God was saying, when I created a relationship, I based it off of the, the very illustration of God, which literally meant when God created man, we were based on the idea that you were not meant to be alone. A lot of people will sit there and say, I'm all by myself and I'm okay with that. And, or, or I don't need people. Or I don't, you know, you get into an argument with your parents and say, fine, I don't need you anyways. I'm fine without you. That is a lie. Because God doesn't bring people into your life on accident. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't mess up. And you sit there and God creates family and we sit there and talk about how, how life is of God and family is of God and God makes no mistakes and how, how, how if you were born into a family that was God's plan and you're fearfully, wonderfully made and God gives you parents and then you sit there and slam the door and walk out and say, I don't need you. Let me ask you, who's behind that? It's not God. It's not God whatsoever. Understanding that we were made in the likeness of God, that God created us to be in unity and relationship have you ever thought about this? Not only was it the very, the, the very image of us being made in the likeness of the Trinity or the triune God or the different parts of God coming together, the form community, but have you ever thought about when God talks about his relationship with us, it's always out of the relationships that we're based on? We are the bride of Christ, marriage. We are the children of God, 
family. We are the friend of God, friendship. All the relationships that we're talking about, God says, just to show you how important they are, God says, I'll give you illustrations through your life for you to understand who they are. When Jesus was talking to the disciples and he was going to pray, he said in John 15, 15, I have called you friends. When he talked about dying on the cross, there's no greater love than this, that a man lays down his life for random people? No, for his friends. Friendship, family. God was even born into the manger with Mary and Joseph of that. Born into family, connection, all of this thing that God illustrates. When God was finished with his creation, he said in chapter 1, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Can I just explain what God was pointing at? When God created all of creation, it was created in unity, separate parts coming together to form unity. When God created Adam and Eve, he said it's not good, not good when he created just Adam. When he brought someone else into his life, then God says, oh, that's very good. It was literally God putting a stamp of approval of saying that works, it's what he wanted, it's how it was designed by God to be, it's very good. So let me break this down. Number one, we are created different on purpose talking about the intentional design of God. I need need you to see how creative God is. Think about when God did creation of everything that he created. He created the variety of things. He created uh, sunshine and the moonlight. It was different, but it works together. Have you ever thought how there's the desert and then there's the rainforest? There's valleys and then there's mountains. All created by God, all created on purpose. It's not a matter of God didn't create create just a big ball and put grass on it and say, okay, it's good. He created, he was a God of creation, a God of variety. He made cold seasons and hot seasons. He made different colors of people, different races of people, different languages of people. And you know what we do? We often, with racism, start dividing. Division always is not of God. Anytime you have people separating from that because God created it to create unity and pleasure. And by the way, all of those things that come together bring glory to God. Created on purpose to be different. God created seven, or we have seven billion people on the earth right now. Not two people are exactly alike. We have introverts and extroverts. We have right brain people and left brain people. We have people that sing on this stage and people that cannot sing. Not on the stage, I wasn't saying that. Say, you got people that can sing and you have people that can't sing. You have people that can preach and you have people that can't preach. You have people that know technology and people that don't know technology. Everything that God did, he created different. Different strengths, different abilities, different backgrounds, different talents on purpose. You find where people sit there and they start making fun of other people because they're not good at something like that, that's not of God. They're discrediting what God created them to do because God created them to be unique. It'd be like the darkness making fun of the sunshine or the sunshine making fun of the darkness saying, you're not as bright as me. God didn't create you to be the sun. God didn't create you to be the moon. God created both of them separately to work in unity to bring glory to God. It's a beautiful thing that God did. The next thing is we were brought together on purpose. Now, I know a lot of you know this passage, but the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up his flesh instead thereof. Now, it's a beautiful thing that God did, even when he was created man and woman. We talk about how amazing it is that people can get married and stay together because God took the two polar opposite things on the earth and brought them together, men and women. 
completely opposites and their physical makeup and their way that they think, the way their, their emotions and everything. And a lot of times, I'm going to tell you right now, the world hates us even talking about that. God made them different on purpose, on purpose, not to be in competition and not to put each other down. It was on purpose. But even in the creation of man and woman, God made one out of dirt and one out of the rib. He did it on purpose. It was a God of variety, a God of difference of what he was doing. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and he brought her unto the man. God, in his divine plan, brings different people together on purpose. Family, friends, church, kids, on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a matter they just randomly came together. I showed you those pictures a minute ago. Let me tell you, I know that God brought those people into my life through church, through following the Spirit of God, and to have them in my life to provoke me into love and good works, to help me be where I'm at today, to guide me through life. It was intentional on purpose. Now, I'm hoping you're taking notes as I'm talking through this because I'm leading up to something. I want you to understand how powerful, how important, how, how, how it was designed on purpose of this. Everything that he did. So here's the third thing. We are brought together with purpose. Not just on purpose, but with purpose. And God says in Genesis 2.20, And Adam gave the names to all the cattle and the fall of the air and to the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmate for him. A helpmate. An aid or a helper. Now remember, this was before the fall of man. And, and then this is important for us to understand. When God created Adam... God created him with needs. He needed help. Have you ever thought of that? God did, you can imagine if God just made Adam and made Eve and they were both completed of themselves, they would sit there and say, well, I'm going my separate way. I really don't need you. I, can, I have everything that I need in my life. But that's not what God did. God literally created Adam and he said, by the way, there's going to be certain aspects of you that you're not going to be completely fulfilled in your life. So I'm going to bring other people into your life to make you complete. God literally said, I'm going to bring somebody into your life to help you. Everything that God did in creation was the same way. The flowers are beautiful, but they need the soil. The soil is awesome, but it needs the rain. Everything that we talk about in creation, God made it. The flowers need the bees. The bees need the pollen. The pollen needs to, everything goes in in sync of that. Nothing was created to be self-sustaining. Have you ever thought about that in our world? Nothing was created to be self-sustaining because everything was made to work in unity of others. Oh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They work in unity to fulfill the glory of God. The same way that relationships work in unity to fulfill the glory of God intentionally. And we're talking about how he created them to need each other before there was even the fall of man. All of these things was on purpose. Here's, let me take this even further. This is what we're saying with this. God created us with needs. So when anybody says the words, I don't need anyone, that is a lie. You do. You need people. Never, from the very beginning, God could have had Adam just go on for creation for, by himself. And God says, no, it's not good that he stays that way. God did that. Let me show you a verse in the New Testament. God was talking to the church of Thessalonica. And he was talking to them. Let me just show you what he was saying to this. And he said, wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Edify one another, even as often you do. And beseech you, brethren, 
to know them which labor among you, which are over the Lord. Admonish you and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Think about everything that he was saying in that passage. Comfort yourself together. We find comfort in one another. Edify, lift up, encourage, provoke one another. Know them, notice them, need to be appreciated. Man, you did a great job. Thank God for you. I'm glad that you're here. Esteem them highly. Put great value on them because God put great value on them. Literally says, esteem them highly for in their love of what God did. I'm going to ask Jamie and Krista if they're going to come up here and join me and help me as, as I do this. Everything that God did, God created the needs for us to have in there. Same way that, let, let me tell you guys, and just put that, if, if God created us to need each other, God put everything in order. <clears throat> so these guys are married. I'm doing this just because of a married couple because um, I, I, I want to illustrate all sorts of relationships as I do this, but they are married and I know we're talking about friendships and parenting and everything else that goes along with this. But just let's use this as an illustration. When God created Adam and Eve or God created Chris and Jamie, God created them on purpose to be different. God created them on purpose to be in each other's lives. God created them on purpose to have needs. Now, in every one of your lives, I promise you, there, there's aspects of Krista that are stronger than Jamie and vice versa. Even <laughs> if, if I was to ask you guys if one was smarter than the other, would that be true? Okay, which one? Okay, it was, there you go. Every, every aspect of it, because the fact is, they would sit there, and I tell you, a lot of us, we, when, when friendships happen, I remember that there was one of us that was more organized, and one of us that was an extrovert, one of us, you know, God does that on purpose. Even in churches, God will bring people here that are great to stand at the door and say, hey, how are you guys? It's great to have you. But then there's some people that say, just put me up behind a computer and let me push buttons. God does that on purpose. There's some people that are vocal and some people that are introverts. And God does that in families. God does that in churches. And God does that in relationships. I I thank God. Jenny oversees all of our finances. She does all the books. She has spreadsheets. She does all that. And I thank God because we would be in a mess if I was in. I'm not very organized with stuff like that. But then there's aspects of our house that I like to work on the house. I like to plan out projects and all that. She hates that aspect. God knew what he was doing when he created her with needs and me with needs to bring us together to meet each other's needs. Not that she's better than me or vice versa, but God created it on purpose. But God created us with needs, but God created us to meet each other's needs. It's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make him an aid or a help meet to encourage, to push, to carry Adam and Eve were so different in, each, in so many ways. But we make this into a competition, whether it's friendship, parenting, or whatever. When God did it, it was meant to compliment. It's meant to compliment. One of my favorite illustrations of this is, is flowers. I, I love this illustration of flowers. The fact that God made roses, and God made tulips, and God made daisies, and God made we could go all. And every one of them is drastically different. Their appearance, their shape, their color. I mean, just the way that their petals go, every aspect of them. Some of them have thorns and some of them don't. Every aspect of that is different. They're beautiful. And then God does something amazing. He'll take this flower and this flower and this flower and he'll bring them together into a bouquet. And all of a sudden, we're thinking when those, that field of flowers was so pretty of all those daisies or all those whatever of that, and then you sit there and see what God brings them together, God creates something beautiful. That's what God does with family. That's what God does with the church. God sits back and says, man, they're so different. 
such a variety. There's so, how would they ever get together? And it's, it's the unity of God because God created God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in unity. God created this to work in harmony, complement each other. And by the way, when God got done with this, he says back and God says, it is good. If you have a basic Bible knowledge, you guys know where I'm going next, okay? I, I just wanted to emphasize the importance of this. For the fact that if Adam and Eve would have split up, it would have not been good. Do we get that? It would have not been good. You know why? Because God said, this is good. And God said, I ha- you have needs, and I'm going to create somebody to meet your needs, and it's going to be intentional, it's going to be good. And, and when God got done, he said, it is very good. So we looked at God's intentional plan for relationship, but then we also see Satan's agenda for relationships. Adam and Eve weren't the only ones in the garden. And let me remind you, verse 31 again, when God, was, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. As God was saying to relationships, oh, this is very good, Satan was over to the side, and I'm not making this up, just trying to paint a picture here. I'm just telling you that this is what happened in the garden. Oh, so that's what works. Oh, that brings glory to God. That's unity. They complement each other. That pleases God. Do you realize that Satan was on an agenda to do everything to hurt God, hurt people, and destroy? The thief cometh not to kill, seek, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Satan was out to destroy what God did, but if you notice what he did... Even in verse 23 of chapter 2, he said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God was illustrating a bond, a connection. You know why God was saying is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh? Because it wasn't meant to be undone. Now, I'm not trying to beat anybody up. You say, I'm going, I've been through a divorce. and I, just, no, I, I Hey, listen, I can't, we can't go back and change things, but we can definitely address where we're at now. If you're married, I want to tell you, God meant it for it to be intentional, on purpose, and eternal. The very fact that God created Adam and Eve and created the bone and took that rib and then, and then made Eve. It was, you can imagine if these two would get into an argument and sit there and then you guys were Adam and Eve. That doesn't happen, but let's say it did. And Eve was to go to God and say, I'm done with this dude. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to be married to him anymore. And God said, I, I want to split up. And Adam just says, that's fine. Give me my rib back. Just give me my rib back. You say, you can't do that without ripping her apart. Can I just pause and let that sink in? With what God created, you can't undo it without ripping them apart. Because what God has put together, let no man put asunder. This is not bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Who did that? That was God. It was unity. It was connection. I know right now we're talking about marriage, but I'm going to tell you it's the same thing with family. Same thing with a lot of relationships that we have in our life. God didn't make mistakes. God put them together on purpose to meet each other's needs. And the fact that God had them, all of a sudden they're stronger together. So Satan sees this. But let me tell you what happens next. In chapter 3, verse 1, And the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, You shall not eat of of every tree of the garden. We're going to pause right there because I, I want to illustrate what we're talking about this. This is the actual story. I need to separate you guys for a minute. Have you ever thought when Satan snuck in that he didn't go after them together? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, why in the world? 
Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve. But when he goes after the, in this, Satan was more subtle. He knew what he was doing. He was sneaky. He was sly. And more than any, anybody else. And he goes up to the woman. Now, I know Eve gets a bad rap, or Chrissy gets a bad rap in this illustration. <laughs> yeah. Gets a bad rap in this story because of the fact it was that. But let me just say, Satan had a strategy, and he's good at the strategy. It's divide and conquer. Do you guys hear me? Divide and conquer. Because really, if you were meant to help each other, what I need to do is get the help out of your life so that I can attack because you are not as strong by yourself. Do we get that? Understand, and it's the same thing in friendships. It's the same thing in a lot of connections. You're not as strong when you're by yourself. You were meant to have people in your life. Iron sharpens iron. That's friendship. Parents are there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is it's right. It's right. It's the way that God ordained it, the way that God purposed for it to be. And God said that. So all of a sudden, Satan comes in, and he knows what he's doing by attacking What is he attacking? He is trying to separate, divide what makes us strong, what God created, what works in harmony. It's like one day if the sun decided to say, I'm not working with the moon anymore. It's like, well, our world would fall apart. It was created by God to stay together, to work in unity with one another. God planned it that way. Why do relationships fall apart? Why do marriages fall apart? Why do families stop talking to each other? Why do kids write off their parents? Why do best friends end up as enemies? How do people stand on a stage and say, till death do us part, and then not want anything to do with each other? I can tell you right now, none of that has to do with God's plan. None of it. We see Satan's agenda. So here's the thing. His agenda, his mission was division. He, he went unto the one, he, and he, he did this, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of it. I know this is dealing with the fall of man, but noticing why he targeted this, why he targeted them in this way. Notice verse 12. And the man said, when God confronted them, The woman that thou givest to me, she gave me of the tree, and thou, I did eat. You know what it was from the very beginning? Satan's goal was to do this, to push them apart, and then start making them fight at each other. That's what it was. That was his goal from the very beginning. Because all of a sudden, right now, anytime we're divided, it it does away with the plan of God. Anytime we're divided, it does away with the glory of God. Anytime we're divided, it makes us weak as individuals. Because God said, it is not good that you should be alone. I'm going to make you a helper. It's not good that you should be alone. I'm going to make you a helper. It's the same illustration with kids and parents and anybody else. God did this on purpose. Satan's goal for the home today is to divide and conquer. For marriages, divide and conquer. For you and your kids to divide and conquer. That's his. He's not just wanting to divide. It's always to destroy. It's always to bring in uh, trials and tribulations and to bring in, in scars and all the other things. Can we just label it for what it is? If you're not talking to people and you should be talking, if you're related to people and you say, I've written them off, you are letting Satan win. That's it. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I mean, they created the fall of man. It was a pretty big deal. I mean, think about it. We're all suffering with sin today because of, her, because of Eve. It just happened that way. But he, he knew what he was doing. But let, let me show you the second part. It wasn't, it wasn't just that he, his mission was division, but it's how he did it. 
His target is your mind. Now, I'm not going to read in Genesis. I'm Just pause and look at the screens. Can we all look at the screens right now and read this? This is the New Testament talking about this. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through the subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. We get that? Here's what happened. Corrupted by attacking the mind. To eliminate the intentional plan that God created for being here. You know, you know how God has brought us together in unity and God came walking in the garden, God came talking in the garden, God came commanding them what to do and God created fellowship. The word fellowship, we've done studies on that. It was all created by God. So this is what he does through the subtlety of our mind as he comes up and begins to whisper. I'm not just making this up. We're reading it right out of the scripture through the subtlety of our minds, through the attacks of our minds. And it doesn't have to be, he hates your guts. It's more like, why did he do that? Or in the relationship of even parents is going up to the kids and just sitting there and saying, they don't respect you or they don't trust you or they putting anything in your mind to sit there and turn you, your back on them to push you further and further apart. That's just what Satan does. You know how the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and wickedness and rulers of darkness of this world and all the other things that he describes? We don't fight against flesh and blood. So if there's something separating us in this situation, it's not God. And all of a sudden, we're bickering at each other. That's why we showed that video at the beginning. It just escalates and escalates, and we say things and everything, and things go on in our minds. It's, why is she late? I bet you she's cheating on me. I bet you she's doing this. Who's on your phone and everything? And let me tell you right now, social media doesn't help this at all. We're, we're in our minds as we're reading our, our phones, and we're sitting there, and like, what did they mean by that text? And what did they mean by that? And thank God for emojis, but emojis still doesn't give the, the effect of the emotion of what you're saying. Because the more I can get them apart, the more they can understand that, that they're weakened without the unity that there was there, because all of a sudden, you bring two friends back together, and you start talking to them and saying, what did you mean by that? I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant, but on a screen, we can say whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. And all of a sudden, Satan knows, I can get in your head. I can get in your head. I can get in your head, I can make you think your wife doesn't care about you. If I can get in your head, I can make you think that your kids hate your guts. If I can get in my teenager's head, I can make them think that they are better off without their parents. If I can get in your head, I can make you think that you need to leave that church because your friends don't care about you. If I can get in your head. You guys can be seated. Mess with their mind to corrupt the truth. That's what that says. The truth is the reality that you should be together. There's not a better way. This is what God has done. And sin separates us. The result of this is man runs from God and man hides from God. And the amazing closing of this is God's restoration of relationships. In chapter 3, verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is Adam and Eve messed up. Okay? They, they, They are messed up. They don't know what to do. But here's the thing. What do we need most in our life? Above everything, what do we need in our lives? Just yell it out. We need God. 
more than the air that we breathe, we need God. Through what they did of messing up, of sin coming in to the relationship, what are they now doing is they're running from what they need most. You know what happens in most relationships when there's words said or things in our mind or whatever? They tried to fix the situation. They made the leaves and all this other stuff. And what you find them doing is we find people running from each other. I'm done with you. I'm moving out. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm blocking you. I'm blocking your calls. I'm unfriending you. I'm unfollowing you. I don't want to see you anymore. Every time we see that is the work of Satan to divide us from what brings glory to God and makes us stronger. And I'm saying this, if it's rebellion and you're running from your parents saying, I want nothing to do with you anymore, that's Satan trying to tear you apart to ruin your life. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a time to move out or go to college and all this other stuff. I'm talking about when there's strife and anger and division, when it's sin. That's what we're talking about. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. And this was Satan's goal from the very beginning. It was the same thing that happens today. And the Lord God, verse 9, called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? This was God's setup. Now, now do you guys have to understand, we already know that God knew where they were. But let me, let me give you these three things that God did. And it's the three th- same things that need to be in our relationship. Because you have to understand, when they're separated, God was sitting there saying in his mind, because he had the Spirit of God, he knew what was right and wrong. He is the essence of righteousness. He knew that they needed him. And they were created for him. And man, if it's Christians, we could just start off with that, having an idea that when you have friends and you have family and you have relationships, have it in your mind, the Bible first, and not just what they said on Facebook. Have truth in your mind. What is the truth? God doesn't make mistakes and God brings people together. And if you're in holy matrimony, God had a plan for that. God had a plan for it. So you have to have in your mind to do what God did and God pursued them. That's the first thing that we have in there. God goes looking for them. God gets up and goes looking for them. God didn't text them, by the way. God didn't send them an instant message. God went after them to look at them and find them himself. You think about what the Bible tells us to do as Christians. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, the next word is go. If you have issues with family, if you have issues with friends, if there's divisions, if you have trespass, a problem with somebody, you know what a trespass is? This is so cool. It's it's something we use all the time. It's where God draws a line and we cross it. It's called trespassing. When we cross a line in relationships and we say, you've gone too far, that's what the illustration is. You've gone too far. You've crossed a line this time, buddy. Man, you've said something this time. You've hurt me this time. And you know what that is? We trespass against God. You know what God did? God went afterwards and said, I'll deal with that. I'm after you. Because God saw the value of you. And I love what God does next. He goes up to him. He pursues him. He goes after him. He seeks after them in this passage. And God confronts. I love this. God gives a rhetorical question. God already knew the answer in verse 10. And he said, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Who said that? Who said that? Did God already know? See, God was illustrating something to us in this passage. He comes up to him and he says, who messed this up? Who said that? 
Let me tell you something powerful that you can do to restore relationships. You just go stop in their life and say, who said that? When did they say that? I'm sorry. I read it on Facebook, but I didn't mean that. Why did you say that? Who said that? Why did they share that? Why did they repeat that? Just deal with the issue. Confront it. Confront it. That's what God did. God just stepped. He pursued after him. He confronted it, and then he restored. I love this. Something that happened that is so prophetic and so powerful of what God was doing. And unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and he clothed them. And we just sat there and take our Bible and go, oh, okay, that's cool. The wages of sin is death. Sin, sin brings shame and that's, they, were, they were in their nakedness. Sin, sin brings all these issues and problems to our life where it makes us run the other way. And God took this, the cloth. Uh, 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 of the, the animal skin and he wrapped it around and the whole thing was prophetic of what God was going to do one day to become the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world that he would become the sacrifice even on the cross when he cried out Father forgive them for they know not what they do God does that in his righteousness he comes to us that are embarrassed and messed up and, and we're sitting there saying I, I shouldn't have done that or I made mistakes or I said things that I regret and God just takes his righteousness and he wraps it around God takes forgiveness and he wraps it around us God takes the grace of God and the mercy of God and the passion of God and he wraps it around us it's God's way in saying where sin did abound grace did much more abound you say you want to restore relationships and it's impossible. I can't. They wouldn't even talk to me. Let me tell you about the God that came to do the impossible. Let me tell you about the God that is a healer, the master healer, the God that is a way maker and a healer and then the God that does the impossible in our lives. When things are so messed up, you're thinking they'll never even talk to me again. God steps in in his righteousness and does a work of God that you could never do. He clothes us in the righteousness of God. He covers us in his grace. He reaches out to us. He goes after us. You know why? Can I tell you why? Because you matter. You were created by God and for God. You know why relationships matter in your parents and your kids and your relationship with your in-laws? You know why it matters with your friendships? Because you were created by God, for God, for them. Because they have needs and they need you. You have needs and you need them. And Satan is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. 